Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How would you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit reset, and that's when you can reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. Look, it's summertime. Transfer window is coming up. It's gonna get crazy. So if you ever just wanna, again, take a step back and relax, read the transfer rounds, read the gossip rumors, grab a Coors Light. It'll be perfect companion for all those transfer merry-go-rounds. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when the beer is cold. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Now that it's finally hot in Minnesota, I'm gonna be looking for an easy beer to drink, and Coors Light is perfect for that. It's lagered, it's cold filtered, and it's cold packaged. It's, again, made to chill. It's crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies perfect for a moment to unwind and so when you want to hit reset reach for the beer that's made to chill get coors light in the new look delivered straight to your door with drizzly or instacart coors brewing company golden colorado and as always celebrate all right so you're listening to this podcast right now london is blue and guess what we host our podcast on anchor.fm that's right if you're looking to host your own podcast this is the easiest free way to get started. This has got a content creation tool allows you to record and the podcast right from a phone. That's right, don't even need a computer, but you can do it there too. They'll also help you distribute it, which is probably the most challenging part. You don't want to have to mess with that. They got you covered. You can get it right on a Spotify and Apple Podcasts as well as any other place podcasts are found. And you know what? You can monetize it too. Make a little cash for sharing your great content with the world. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one individual place. So you know what? Head over to your app store, download the Anchor app, or head to anchor.fm to get started if you're ready to launch your podcast and make it happen. Chelsea, keeping you up to date on the latest news from Stamford Bridge. Match recaps, previews, presented by WorldSoccerShop.com. It's the London is Blue podcast. Here's your hosts, Brandon, Dan, and Nick. That's right, Chelsea fans, back at it again. We're here post-Crystal Palace, bringing you the good news about Chelsea from the weekend, thankfully. As always, my co-host Dan and Nick joining us. Gentlemen, uh, seemed like uh, a pretty good weekend finally. There was sunshine, it was a little bit cold for us, but when the Blues win, it, it really just lifts the rest of the weekend. That is correct. Uh, you feel a bit more optimistic, Dan, maybe? Well, what, what do you mean there is just sunshine? I don't understand what you're talking about. We have things called clouds and snow and rain here in Minnesota. It's don't understand what you're talking about. That yeah. sounds ridiculous. Don't live on a beach, unfortunately. But, you know, may, maybe you guys do out there, our listeners. Uh, anyways, hoping everyone enjoyed their weekend, obviously, with most of us in the U.S. having uh, the match kickoff a little bit later than usual. So uh, I feel like the bars probably benefited from that quite a bit. Um 
actually, so as we kind of walk into this, a lot of you are expecting Stanford Chidge to be here. Uh, Raymond Tavares actually tweeting at us saying, uh, is Chidge excited to see you guys at the end of the month? So Nick, um, let's go ahead and ask the man. <laughs> we, we would. Uh, however, he, uh, he uh, was not able to join us today. So uh, oh, it's, it's, was, uh, it's Mother's Day in the, in the yep. UK. Uh, different because yep. uh, I, I woke up in a moment of panic seeing people posting Mother's <laughs> Day photos <laughs> and wondering if I had forgotten and then realizing uh, it was just those in the UK. You do the quick, quick text to mom. I love you. Um, uh, no, but uh, so he was out celebrating Mother's Day. So uh, unfortunately, is uh, he he uh, I think what the term is ghosted us, Dan, today. Is that right? You're an expert well, I don't know language. if that's the, the term. I mean, you know, he, he gets this new radio show, uh, probably signing big deals, you know, He's popping bottles now. with yeah. uh, Jimmy Iovine. And, you know, now he just he doesn't have time for uh, for us. Maybe, you know, we'll, we'll have to see what his schedule looks like when we get to London. Maybe we'll get some time with him. I don't know. But, uh, you know, you you'll uh, get the chance to enjoy the three of us then today. Yeah, so obviously we want you to all go out there and tweet at Stanford Chidge and let him know how upset you guys are that he didn't join us. Um, but we'll definitely connect with them soon. So anyways, back to normal programming. Dan, uh, catching up off some iTunes reviews, looks like we had a bunch of love internationally this last couple of weeks. Yeah, uh, even though Stanford Chidge uh, doesn't love us, uh, uh, people mm-hmm. do across the world. And uh, we got one from Sweden, uh, Taco slash Simon. We got one from Iceland, uh, Gudon August, uh, UK, uh, Silas2511, Australia, Papa Dex, and then USA, uh, Wuma. So uh, some wonderful five-star reviews. We really appreciate those in iTunes. And uh, as always, you drop a little five-star, uh, we'll give you a little shout-out at the beginning of the podcast. And the same thing goes with Patreon, obviously. Uh, Colton S. So this is fun. I'm going to let people choose who they get their shout-out from. And Colton says, either Dan or Nick, because, quote, I'm from Kansas City, but also went to school and lived in Tampa for a long time as well, end quote. So, guys, who's claiming Colton on this one? We'll flip a coin, Dan. And, <laughs> um, and that's how we'll make that decision, because we are scientific and, and such. Awesome. That, well, that sounds like a fair way to do it. It, yep. Very, very fair. Um, but anyways, so again, Colton, thank you. Uh, you got a double shout out essentially from those guys, uh, which is great. So, um, you know, only love and appreciation at the beginning of our episodes. We appreciate everyone who gets involved with that. So with that being said, um, before we roll into the Crystal Palace match review, we do have our last um, friend shout out going on. Nick, World Soccer Shop. Correct. So if you go to World Soccer Shop, you go to the Chelsea page. Go to the sale tab. Uh, they have put some new um, prices on home away and third kits and even like player editions like uh, Cesar Assist Piliqueta, Dan, or Eden Hazard. So it appears just by the naked eye that some of these are, are 20 to 30 bucks off, uh, which is a good deal, right? Always a great deal and always the uh, best place to pick up the kits from. So it's uh, worldsoccershop.com and you always know, check to see if the London pod code gets you a little bit of an extra discount. All right. Well, here we go. Crystal Ballas was the last match. Thankfully, we're at Stanford Bridge, and it was this past Saturday on March 10th. Blues 2, Eagles 1. We did have some correct score predictions from Janique and Mark. Absolutely nailed it. 
and our Facebook group. So well done to you too. Um, we did have a question from Shane asking us about the atmosphere, uh, and that was supposed to go to Chidge. We don't have it, but I feel like guys, it was probably a little bit nervy going into this one, right, Nick? You know, Chelsea coming off. You know, obviously lost four or five. Barcelona is coming up after this match. Palace are down around the relegation zone. I, I think people were going in hoping to be surprised and, and pleasant, but definitely kind of waiting it out to see how the team showed up and, and reacted. Yeah, I, it kind of felt um, it felt like the West Brom match from uh, a few weeks ago to me, where there was a sense of. We absolutely have to win this game to stop the bleeding. And if we don't win the match, what does that do for um, perhaps the manager and his job and uh, everything else that's been going on uh, in the press? So uh, nervy is probably about right. Uh, I do think, though, Dan, uh, given the pre-match kind of festivities that happened with Peter Osgood and with the club turning 113 years old yesterday and and kind of some of those good vibes that maybe that helped kind of ease the tension. Yeah, there were there was a celebratory uh, mood, I think. And, you know, we, we did mention two names here for, for a quick side along uh, Shane and Janique, uh, who actually I when I was in New York last weekend and absent from the podcast, got to uh, Watch the loss to Manchester City with, and uh, you know, two long-term listeners. It was really cool to get a chance to meet them in person. So, uh, you know, I think uh, you know, celebrations all around. All right, we'll go ahead and walk us through the lineup, Dan. Uh, Chelsea back to the three-four-three. Um, interesting. Crystal Palace have been going with this four-four-two of lately, but uh, it matched up pretty well. Yeah, we saw Courtois between the sticks, and then we saw a back three. Yes, back three again of Cahill, Christensen, Azpilicueta. And we saw a midfield duo of Fabregas and Conte back from uh, a heart injury scare that uh, put all of us on notice. With Flanked by Zappa Costa and Marcus Alonso, Victor Moses gets a little bit of rest. And then a front three of William Hazard and Drew which was a nice change to see, and I'm sure Eden Hazard appreciated not having to play the nine, Nick. Uh, that is correct, Dan. Uh, having a focal point, as Brandon has so eloquently pointed out on the show before, is usually a great uh, great asset for the offensive flow of the game, and Olivier Giroud certainly provided that against Palace. It was. Uh, it's going to be different, you know. Chelsea having 62 percent possession today. Uh, that will not be the same come Wednesday. <laughs> so, what? What, uh, are, what are you talking about? <laughs> you know, twenty-seven shots, eleven on target. Yeah, these are stats that are not going to roll into the camp new. Um, but we do have three goals to talk about. The first one, twenty-fifth uh, minute, William uh, assist from Conte actually. So that was nice. A little bit of a friendly deflection, but. Uh, willing, continuing to just shoot his way through this hot streak, something like 12 goals and five assists, um, starting to actually turn this into a really positive season for him. So it was, uh, it, you know, he, not all of his shots were great shots, I think that we can say. <laughs> but no. but he did get the first goal, which is great. Uh, Dan, second one, Martin Kelly, the OG, uh, well, do, do we want to talk about the fact that how Nick and I simultaneously, uh, you know, 
were going to say, oh no, you, you actually tweeted something about yeah. William before the goal happened. <laughs> William burned me pretty bad yesterday. And I, I, I must take credit for this. Cause like the first 20 minutes, William was just shooting at the goalkeepers. Like it was like catching practice. And I'm, I sent out a tweet that it doesn't look like William has it today. Um, his shots are off or something like that. And that at the bottom of the tweet, I put in like quotes, I'm sure he's going to make me look like a fool. And 45 seconds later, he scored and everybody and their mother came out of the woodwork and was like, ha ha, look at you idiot. And, uh, <laughs> and deserved. Don't, don't get me wrong. It was deserved, but uh, it's almost Dan as if he waits for me to tweet about him and then just goes on a tear. You know, that's pretty cool when, when someone does that for you. Well, that, that, that's fair. That's exactly what you want. Yeah, and, and, uh, and believe me, I will be tweeting at him <laughs> against Barcelona, too, if it means the same result, right? Uh, I, I would actually love for you to do that. And, you know, so then we need to get a second goal, and that was Alonso running up front, uh, William making way for Hazard to uh, let the ball, um, you know, kind of, Lay off um, to Zapacosta, who then knocks it in uh, pinball style off Kelly for a little bit of the own goal madness. And uh, we never really uh, looked back uh, for better or worse until the uh, 90th minute there, Brandon. Yeah, Nick, this is classic former Chelsea player syndrome uh, with Patrick Van Anholt. And then obviously, Sistrom Zaha, you knew he was going to have an effect once he came on. Yep. Uh, I was very, very frustrated with the second half performance. Uh, Chelsea were walking around. No uh, sense of urgency. And, you know, Crystal Palace were playing for their lives. Um, so you, you knew that they were going to come out in the second half with something. Uh, they had a few opportunities before uh, the 90th minute goal to, to level things up. Uh, and then as soon as Zaha makes that run through the midfield, you're like, uh-oh. And the whole the whole center back three collapse on him. Van Anholt's running off on the left, and uh, and Nutmeg's uh, Courtois, Brandon, your boy. Yeah, it happens. You know, there's a there's a <laughs> there's a big amount of area that you're trying to cover, and sometimes you give up gaps. Uh, it, it happens, but thankfully. Um, you know, we, we still got through it. Obviously, I think we'll talk about the ending to the match a little bit later. But um, I think that the the things that most of the fans were excited to see today, guys, was Chelsea lining with a proper striker. Uh, or maybe I'm completely projecting my personal opinions around the masses of Chelsea fans and, and what I think. Um, Giroud was the man today. So, uh, Dan, you know, throwing it to you, how do you think he did? Um, and do you think that this is pretty much going to be the lineup on Wednesday versus Barcelona? Are we going to go with him up top? Is that what you think? I would like for us to play with him up top because it was very nice to see um, the meaty French forehead get some minutes, and I think he was very unfortunate to walk away uh, without a goal. Um, there was one very early attempt where you know Conte had, had passed it to Drew and, and just was a little off. Uh, another one right off the bar. Um, you know, some headed efforts that weren't necessarily terribly great, but he just you know did what a, a great center forward can do, and that is absorb. Attack, I have defenders to him as an attacker and he made way for William and Hazard to start feasting and Nick it was quite the pleasure 
to see that happen again. And, you know, it was almost more like when we've had, and you know, we had Costa previously, or when we've had other um, strikers who have just been able to absorb versus what we've seen with Maranta this season, where players have basically just pushed him to the ground and not worried about him terribly. Yeah, it makes a big impact. Um, you know, I think it brings not only the best out of uh, Hazard, you know, who has room to operate and can, um, switch sides with William, but I also think that it, it brings the best out of William too. Um, and I think makes Cess Fabregas more of a threat. You know, if, if you have a target man and Cess Fabregas has a little bit of time, odds are that he's going to hit that target man. And then the play kind of skips over the midfield a little bit and then you have to track back and then it's a whole thing. So there, there are a lot of layers to this. Uh, if you think about the way that Chelsea play and certainly I think Giroud has proven enough worth to me to move forward as the as the starting striker. You know, I, I don't think Morata has it right now. I don't know why, but Giroud has interchanged well. He's passed really well. Um, there were a couple of opportunities that I think he's still learning how to play with these guys where some of the crosses from Alonso and Zappacosta weren't necessarily... Uh, either the right pace or at, at the right placement for his run. And I think they're going to learn more of that as they go. But I th- I really thought he was tremendous yesterday and provided a, a nice balance to the team. I really liked uh, Ugo's post on Facebook, and this is what he said about the Giroud lineup. He said, seeing the effect Giroud ha- uh, is having makes me feel so bad for all those games we played with Hazard as striker and lost. A real striker occupies the center backs, drags the defense out of shape, gives the wide forwards and wingbacks so much room to do vicious damage. Um, like I said, I think that the, the team can do a lot more with that. I think that you also have to take into consideration Crystal Palace is significantly different from Manchester City, <laughs> Manchester United, uh, in Barcelona. And, and, and that's what I was kind of thinking to myself yesterday as the game went. But at the same time, that also makes me concerned that we weren't clinical in goal, kind of like you guys are talking about, because we're not going to have that many chances, you know, come come Wednesday. And we are going to have to be clinical and, and take the opportunities we're given. So uh, we'll kind of see how it goes from there. Um, the other thing that's kind of interesting, guys, is, is you know, you go back to, to Conte's time in Italy, right? And his strikers aren't scoring a lot of goals his teams are defensive first i think that their their lead striker had 10 goals um in in the competition last time they won so um that's also something to kind of think about is i think conte doesn't really rely on um or he doesn't really play tactically to open up for strikers i think it's a lot more difficult for them to play in this system um so we need them to be just totally locked on and ready to go um not to completely drag on, but Giroud did make comments after the game. He's like, look, some games, the goal just looks smaller. He's like, I had a defender cleared offline, hit the post. He's like, I just felt like I had done enough to get a goal. He's like, so then after that, I just tried to stop forcing it and, and essentially just tried to just be involved in the play as much he could. And I think that that just shows his maturity as a veteran striker as well. Murata um, is going to you know, take shots from 30 out and just force the issue. I thought that was really good to hear from Giroud. And that also makes me think that um, this is another reason why he should start in Barcelona is that he can handle the big stage and and know that a game is 90 minutes and and sometimes you have to let it come to you so um, like I said I, I, I like the experience that you know that he threw out there 
I also think like not to project too much, like the way that he was able to peel off. I don't know if you guys noticed this yesterday, uh, peel off of Martin Kelly was really impressive. Um, and so essentially, you know, if he's backing down Martin Kelly, he was then able to kind of shift his weight and make him commit to a side. And once a center back does that, I mean, you have your, your run at him really easy. So um, I think I think that he's learning a little bit about the way that Chelsea play in that, you know, if he's able to control the ball, pass it off to someone dangerous like Hazard, and then use uh, the center back's weight or shift to uh, to maneuver his way around and maybe make a run, that that is going to be his his golden ticket moving forward. And hopefully the pass gets to him in a spot where he can make something happen with it. Right. Like that's the whole goal for him. Oh, yeah. No, for sure. Um yeah, I think that his his link up play is uh, is going to be huge, obviously. So um, n- next one up, I guess, Nick, you know, you, you probably want to talk about it. Hazard taking the <laughs> shot. Uh, we've even had some questions asking about if Hazard is or isn't being selfish enough in front of goal. I mean, talk about a recurring theme since since he signed, I, I'd like to say, Nick. Um, Timothy J. Penny uh, on Instagram saying, finishing is becoming quite the issue. We're not going to get many chances against Barca. What's the cure for this? I think Hazard needs to be more selfish. And cue Nick. <laughs> this frustrated the absolute shit out of me yesterday. Um, I was in the group, uh, the, the group text that we have, yelling about this, uh, especially if you take, you know, the few examples that we had in the second half to get the third goal and Hazard passed up shooting in a, in a either really good position or, or a decent enough position to shoot passed off to Zappacosta or passed off to Giroud. I, I think, I think he is part of this finishing problem because yesterday he had the ball in front of the goalkeeper and elected to just slide it through and hope that someone else would do the job. And it might be a smart football play, and you know, obviously he's a better football brain than I am, so you know, take this for what it is. But as a fan, it was frustrating because he's our he's our most talented player, and he basically has a one on one with the goalkeeper, and you would bet on Hazard making a goal happen there ninety percent of the time if he takes a shot, and so yeah, I do think that that Timothy's right here. Like if we have any chance you know, moving forward in the season to even finish top four, he has to be selfish. And, uh, you know, I, I take these, the, the couple of examples from yesterday, and then I compare it to the shot that he did take from 30 yards out and put in, uh, put in the middle of the shed end. And you're like, what the hell, man? Like you, you have to either be more selective with the shots that you take or just start shooting more. I don't think anyone's going to be mad at hazard if he starts having a go. Um, but, you know, like William did yesterday, William's first three shots were just target practice right at the keeper. Caught him very easily. Um, but, you know, he kept, you know, shoot or shoot. So he kept shooting and it ended up working out for him. So that that's just my complaint on this, Dan. I, I really, really think that he needs to be kind of a leader by example um, when it comes to shooting. And if we have the ball three yards away from goalkeeper and, you know, Hazard's right there, he needs to bury that. Period. Yeah, you know, you'd want to see him take take the shots, but I think there's also a benefit to to laying it off to players who are in form. Uh, I mean, you know, whether it's kind of off to William, 
uh, Alonso is, is known to, to score. And, you know, part of the, the benefit of people gravitating towards Hazard or Tadru is, you know, someone else is going to be either one-on-one or have a lot of bit of, you know, a lot of free space to float into. Um, so, you know, I, I think a lot of the times he, he does make a good decision with it to, to put it off versus just allowing it to be a shot or a wasted opportunity. I mean, he did have one long-range attempt yesterday that, that sailed uh, quite quite far over the top of the bar. Um, was a, a potentially nice souvenir for someone to take home versus buying a ball from the mega store. But you know, I, I'm it's it's I don't know. It's I don't think it is it it is who he is as a player. Um, as much as we might want him to shoot more. Uh, that I don't think is ever going to change uh, in his game. I think you know we need to account for him to be a double-digit goal scorer every season in the ten-plus category, but I don't think we should expect him to rifle off um, anything other than pretty pretty good opportunities. I don't think he's going to take a compromise shot. I don't know. Actually, I think that he it's in his locker. We've seen it. I think to me, it depends on the team and the situation. Watch him at Barcelona. He's gonna he's gonna be up for that. He's gonna be looking to do damage and he's gonna shoot just like he's done in our other Champions League games. For whatever reason, Crystal Palace <laughs> is not. It doesn't entertain him. He doesn't get excited about it. So he's out there. I mean, he was passing ten yards out in the middle of the box. Yeah, I mean, he's a great run. Zapacosta's coming in. You know, someone's open. But are you kidding me? Like. He will he will shoot on Wednesday. Like let's have a comparison. I would be pretty confident in saying that he we're gonna see a different hazard on Wednesday compared to what we saw today. Today, it's not that he couldn't be bothered, it's just it's it's not that exciting. Score against Crystal Palace doesn't get Hazard jacked. Scoring against Barcelona in Barcelona will get him absolutely hyped. That's that's what I think. I I, w- I wish it wasn't like that though. You know? Oh, of course. And not to say not to say that all games mean the same and that all games have, <clears throat> you know, everyone's 100% game face on every time. Like, I, I realize, like, we're all human, right? Like, I understand that. I, I am trying to understand in a, in a match where we're already comfortably up why he wouldn't just start whacking a few and seeing if he could increase his goal tally. Um, we'll get his one, I, right? It, like, get the one and yeah. then, then pass. Job done. Exactly. You know? But we have to, you know, I think the thing that the team has to realize is, like, that third goal yesterday would have made it nigh on impossible for Palace to come back. And that way people can get rest, you know, ahead of Barcelona, maybe subbed off a little bit early. It just, like, there was so many factors going into that where I was just like, get the goal, get the goal, get the goal. And, you know, then at the end it's a scramble because it's 2-1. And, you know, there's a whole bunch of... You know, late drama, you, you could argue a lot that, um, you know, one of Palace's goals that was called for a foul should have counted. And and then we're in a 2-2 position and completely out of the top four. So it, it just, it's very frustrating. Chelsea needs to be clinical moving forward, period, and, and put away the chances they have. Yeah, it's going to be tight, tight, tight on Wednesday. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, kind of more concerning, though, guys, is obviously the um, the second half change of performance from Chelsea. You know, again, like two different teams out there. So, I mean, Dan, what did you think the most frustrating part about that second half was yesterday? Was it maybe like 
Crystal Palace's subs with Zaha coming on? Was it Conte's subs? Um, maybe the team's mentality, thinking ahead to Barcelona. Like, why did they seem to fade, essentially? The part of the question that you asked first, which would be the most frustrating or bothersome part, um, it, it would be cute if it wasn't uh, a pattern or a trend that had been forming, but uh, Morata coming on as a substitute, uh, knocking the flag out of the linesman's hand, um, and uh, earning another yellow card, um, which, as our friend uh, Dan Levine uh, did put together the numbers, uh, a little bit of a number cruncher there. In the last two months, Morata has played just 294 out of a possible 1,200 first team minutes for Chelsea. In that time, he's accumulated six yellow cards, one wow. every 49 minutes. Just gonna let, let that sit there for a second. Well, you know, you can hear Nick's exasperated sigh. You can hear Brandon looking to come in and maybe take the the young hairdresser uh, and rake him over the coals. Um, well, I mean, you don't care if he scores, yeah. but that's the problem, right? Like we we will take bad behavior or like not being disciplined if you score. But the problem for uh, Mr. Yeah. Morata. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you you got to get yourself a striker who can do you both. One that can be <laughs> undisciplined and score, um, like a Costa versus a uh, yeah, Morata who is undisciplined and then doesn't score. Is that what you're saying? More or less, <laughs> yeah. So, so you know what's frustrating about yesterday for Morata, um, and this, and by the way, Morata's thing was not even the most frustrating part of my day uh, with this with this match. Um, the most frustrating part is this originated James Tompkins and Andreas Christensen have a bit of a scrap at the opposite end. Uh, then uh, Mark Solonzo comes in to push Tompkins off of uh, uh, Christensen and they have a bit of a scrap. And then at the other end, a couple of minutes later, Murata's getting in Tompkins' face about God knows what. And neither Alonzo or Christensen got a yellow and yet Murata you know, a couple of minutes later, you know, a, a day late and a buck short uh, gets a yellow and then should have been sent off. Like if we're if we're completely honest about it, if this was another player, we would have been losing our minds. And, you know, someone from Barcelona, perhaps who slaps the line lineman's flag out of his hand. I've actually never seen that happen during a Chelsea match. I mean, you're and so easily could have been a straight red is what people are saying, you know. Yeah, by exactly. And none of this is for play that's happening on the field. He's not making a slide tackle. He's not, like, celebrating and, and, you know, like, drinking a beer in the stands or anything. It's like he's just a little bit of, you know, he's just very testy right now and can't control his emotions. And, like, that's a liability, man. People are telling me that he should start against Barcelona. Are you out of your mind? Are you out of your mind right now? The, the dude can't control his emotions against Crystal Palace at the bridge. How is he going to deal with 90,000 plus all whistling at him or or uh, any of oh, yeah. Barcelona, PK's, you know, interactions? How is he going to deal with that, Brandon? Like, it's, it's nuts. 
There's, yeah, I mean, that's why we're talking about Giroux, right? I mean, that that's where the, the play has to be from, from the lineup standpoint. You know, he's also an Arsenal guy. Uh, or I'm sorry, I don't even know why I said that. I was looking at the table to see that Tottenham are still crushing Bournemouth. Um, so I apologize. But he's a Real Madrid player. Um, so it's going to be even more like picking on him. And he's going to feel even more pressure to perform against uh, a Barcelona. And right now he's not in a good state mentally for this uh at v factor 07 jumping in saying how many yellow cards is marata actually on and how much of a difference will it make if he misses the western spurs game uh, so he's not suspended at this point is the is the determining factor so um he will be available to play uh at rono koki saying what do we do with marata going forward uh, i think you sit him down and just say relax man go to the spa get a massage have a day to yourself just don't force it. You're, you're literally trying too hard. Um, and then at Phil Tran saying, how long is a reasonable time to give Murata to come good before we admit that he isn't working out? Man, I, you know, I think it's kind of credit to the team and, and maybe not. But, you know, Chelsea are OK playing essentially the second string striker they bought because he's in better form <clears throat> over the big marquee summer signing. Um, I think that's pretty interesting that they're they're able and willing to do that. I think it's very level-headed. There's other clubs out there that will continue to to do you know use the sixty million <clears throat> the sixty million pound signing and um, Chelsea aren't. So I don't know. Well, we'll have to see how that goes. Do you think that the the subs yesterday? So that's what I kind of bring it back to Dan from from the subs that were made. Um, do you think that they were that they worked? Do you think that they um, you know, essentially, like, how are these guys going to come in and improve themselves? So, yeah, Bakayoko, uh, obviously, we've talked about Murata, and then Pedro, he even got a couple of charity minutes at the end. Um, you know, wh- what do you think of those guys? You know, just getting them minutes before Barca, how did they do? I, I thought you were going to make one last comment about how, uh, if you look at the stats for the season and you look at the uh, Golden Boot race, uh, which uh, currently is tied between Harry Kane and Mohamed Salah. Uh, both at 24 goals apiece, uh, that Murata uh, is currently tied in 11th place uh, behind one Glenn Murray, who has scored 11 goals wow. for uh, Breithoff. Um And the other uh, large signing that we talk about would be Lukaku for United at 14 goals uh, this season. Uh, and he you know, uh, has, has refound a little bit of form. Uh, Lacazette is at nine just for... Uh, you know, kind of pointing out some of the comparisons there. So two two of the three larger striker signings for this season have uh, not done maybe as much as their uh, new clubs would have hoped. Well, so there's where that stands. Uh, <laughs> uh, not, not, not to, like, dour the mood, but uh, I think it's just in, important to realize that also Eden Hazard, who was injured uh, for quite some time to start the season, is at 11 goals, uh, one ahead of Murata's contribution in the Premier League. Yeah, well, and also, I think to Phil's greater point, you don't buy Murata to uh, test him out for a season and then ship him off somewhere else. He's a long-term project, you know, and it could very well be that Chelsea have a different manager and a different style next year that, that fit his strengths, and he goes bananas and scores 30 oh, absolutely. goals. You know, it could it could very well be that scenario. Like, I know it's frustrating now. Clearly, I just went on a a, a rant about how undisciplined he is, um, or, or has been over the last few weeks. But I don't think 
I don't think everyone should be like, oh, we need a new striker now. Let's let's wait and see a little bit. You know, certainly if we can go out and get someone better than him, the club should do that, period, because that's the best thing for the team. Uh, but I don't think you just quit on him now, right? I think he needs a shoulder uh, to, to lean on. I think he needs some expertise about the Premier League uh, over the summer, and I think he'll be fine. Uh, but there's certainly some things, Brandon, that need to be out of his game for him to be successful, and um, you just need to work on those things. So you know what I thought was really interesting this week? Um, John Terry visited Cobham. Uh, I'm interested to know if he came on his own or if maybe he was invited after the quotes, you know, of Conte talking about JT at the club and how important his role was and he wanted him to stay. I wonder if Conte maybe reached out and, uh, you know, hit JT up in the Instagram DMs and it was like, hey, man, Things aren't aren't going so hot. I could uh, I could really use you and some of that experience and that veteran status you have in the locker room right now. Um, I I don't know. Like I think it's really interesting to see JT around the club right now, especially in a time where it's a little bit rocky. Lampard obviously there with the U18s and 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 more um, and Morris. Um, what do you think, Dan? Like is John Terry coming in giving a pep talk, or is he just taking a stroll down memory lane, hanging out? God, he should be giving all the pep talks. Uh, yep. you, there was the the one photo of him addressing the locker room, and you could see just the, his like his veins popping out of it into his necks, and you can kind of visualize what how audible and how loud he's he's turned up his voice in that moment. And man, you know, uh, if he wasn't playing for Aston Villa, uh, you know, regularly and continuing to help them, uh, you know, uh, obtain clean sheets and um, continue to advance kind of some of the personal accolades for his career as a, a footballer. Uh, I, I would want him giving the pep talk every single week. You know, I would want him around the training ground. And, you know, and you look at the fact that you know, Lampard has been pretty much hanging out around the club um, since, you know, the middle, late part of last year through now. Um, has kind of been seen around the U18s and around Jody Morris. And, you know, there was the little bit of a clip where he was talking to Ruben Loftus cheek the other day while well, you know he's been rehabbing at the club from his time at Crystal Palace and you get the sense that this is the point in time where the club has some realization that the tethering of their future to this incredible past that they've put together with the likes of Balak uh, Essien um Lampard, Terry, Ashley Cole, that, Ashley Cole, that they have to start infusing that into the hierarchy of our club. That doesn't, that doesn't mean that they're going to go be on the board. It doesn't mean that they're going to be the next technical director, uh, but through coaching positions, through uh, you know inclusion in our academy, that is going to do so much to infuse a stronger mentality in this club. And I think the thing is, it's, it's planting a seed today that's not going to bloom immediately and i think that's the thing that like we want an immediate change to like the steel and the mentality of this team like that's not going to happen through the end of the season like if you're hoping that somehow the the fight and the drive and the desire for this team is going to change between now and the next you know eight nine ten games of the season that's you're hoping for a little too much but if you want to say that the club is intelligently putting together a plan to bring these individuals back into the fold to start to build a real identity and DNA of what it means to be Chelsea into the players, uh, then I think that is what they're doing, and I'm excited about it. 
Lampard just uh, completed his UEFA A license as well. Um, so there's that little nugget for everyone to chew on. Yeah, he's ready to go. Um, and he is not shy about stating his intentions, which is great to see. So, um, all right. Well, anything else you guys want to touch on with this match? Or should we just roll into the man of the match poll? Nick, anything? Uh, no, no, I'm good. All right, Dan, if not, you can go ahead and uh, introduce this thing. Let me give uh, Chidge any comments. <laughs> Ooh. He said the roast was wonderful. Uh, his mom uh. enjoyed it a bunch. And uh, yeah, good, good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, dri- driving back. So I oh, hope he's doing well. Uh, man of the match, though. Man of the match. William, 78%. Uh, Hazard, 8%. Conte, 7 Zappacosta 7. Didn't feel like it was a day to uh, kind of you know, make any humorous jokes. Felt like it was just uh, down to the business, which is what we did. And uh, three points. Just like Tottenham scored three points today. Yeah, Sadly. thanks. Thanks, Bournemouth. So the table as it stands, Man City played one game less than the rest of us and are still running away with it uh, on 78 points. United in second on 65. Tottenham, as Dan mentioned, won today. So they've jumped up to third on 61 points and Liverpool fourth on 60. Everyone in in the 60s there. And then Chelsea coming up in fifth on 56. Arsenal uh, on 48 in sixth place. So obviously the next league match we have will be against Tottenham and that will be a massive massive match that uh, thankfully we are going to be at Nick it is less than three weeks away we thought we had our act together turns out we're still scrambling to get our lives in order to go to London Uh, one one quick note though is that uh, out injured uh, from that game Ali gets injured um Kane gets injured and Rose gets injured. Wow, really? It, it, it is it is three weeks away, yeah. um, but that could um, derail the uh, the Spurs because, as we know, they do like uh, you know to bottle things, as it were. I, uh, whether it be top four, whether it be a match at the Bridge, uh, and, and you know we can go watch the bottling uh, together, uh, in Nicholas, in person. You know, the, the one of the most fun parts of our, our spring trip last year, and this is just kind of a little tangent, but uh, was the, the Friday night. The, our match was against Middlesbrough on the Monday, and we went out on the Friday night where we saw Tottenham lose to West Ham, and essentially that ended their title run. And we had so much fun doing that. <laughs> it was amazing. So to see it in person this time would just be incredible. Plus, if you look at the math here, uh, it's pretty damn well uh needed that that we we need to win this if, if tottenham wins it we're we're in real trouble so uh that leads into our trip brandon uh less than three weeks away uh we we still have there's a little bit of uncertainty about the schedule because we i don't know if you guys have heard this we're playing barcelona on wednesday have you guys heard anything about this uh, rumors little rumblings not nothing concrete okay. though yeah so the schedule might change a little bit if if Chelsea, Dan, are somehow able to pull out a miracle. Uh, we may have a, a Champions League quarterfinal at home um, during the uh, the Tuesday or the or the Wednesday. So uh, we're we're still finalizing that. But you can sign up for the trip trip. I think up to the day that we leave, uh, which is on the 29th, uh, and and make the payment to uh, to come. So Dan, any other thoughts on what the people need to do? 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's just money, you know? I mean, you can make more of it. And uh, <laughs> why not come join us? Um, you know, potentially we'll either be celebrating the fact that we've uh, beaten Spurs and are now in the, the top four and are going back to the Champions League and, and attract quality players and managers, or we can all get sad drunk together uh, about going to the Europa League and realizing we're going to have to just basically uh, play youngsters for the next uh, five to six seasons. So either way, you'll have a great time with us. Um, you know, just right. uh, put the money on the table and, uh, you know, sign up for the trip with XL Tours. Yeah, I think we had a couple more join up on our trip this week. So uh, if you have any questions, again, DM us, email us. Um, the email is contact at londonisbluepodcast.com. We will take care of you. We'll connect you with the XL Tours folks. They're really easy to work with. So... Part two, Brandon, let's roll. Yeah, so social media questions time. Uh, exciting new little addition to this, actually. So uh, we are going to be taking live, or well, I guess not live. We're going to take audio questions. So now you can record and leave a voice message for us on our website using Yappa. Uh, it is built by a massive Chelsea fan. Kieran has been doing awesome, helping us get up and running. So we're going to play our first Yappa question from Dexter right now. And I will tell you how to leave your own right after. Hey guys, it's Dexter from the LA Chelsea Blues. Um, I'm wondering if you, um, what do you think about the visit from Lampard and Terry this week? Uh, do you think it had a positive effect on the team morale uh, leading up to this game? All right. So as you know, you guys can hear Dexter from the LA Blues. Pumped to have him. Just head to our website, LondonIsBluePodcast.com forward slash questions, and you can leave your question there. But gentlemen. Let's get into it. So I, you know, obviously I kind of hinted at it earlier, but how do you not, you know, kind of talk about JT and Lamps at the club went their trading ground? But Nick, what do you think from a morale standpoint? Are those guys really having an effect leading up to Barcelona? Yeah, and I, I would hope it's a calming effect. You know, there's been a lot of a lot of rumors and a lot of drama kind of around the the club, which is nothing new. I mean, Chelsea's kind of drama FC. Um, when it comes to some of the tabloid headlines and things, but I would hope that it's just a calming effect. You know, Lampard's been around the club for a little bit longer, um, you know, in the last, uh, you know, six to eight months. So he's been hovering around, but uh, to have JT come back for those two to be, you know, seen in photos together, um, I'm sure Dan, that they were able to uh, chat with the club um, chat with the players, understand kind of some of the frustrations and then, and hopefully just be able to kind of man to man, be like, Hey, you know, don't worry about this. We've been there before. Remember? Yeah. They, they will always have a, uh, positive impact, uh, you know, with like a, uh, a uh, cup of coffee to a uh, just risen Nicholas, um, you know, it, it uh, you know, awakens the, the mind, the soul, the body. And I think that's what, uh, you know, the impact of these, uh, these Chelsea legends popping up on uh, up and over at Cobham tend to have for the, uh, the players and everyone around them. Awesome. Well, completely shifting a uh, question from Zane on Instagram saying, if you had to liken Olivier Giroud to an animal, which animal would he be? Dan, I mean, you know, you, this seems to be like a, a thing you'd be good at. I, I mean, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> well, why would it be a thing I'm good at? Just curious. Like, what's the, uh, the you logic liken behind Chelsea there? players to Pokemon about a year and a half ago? 
Yeah, do you remember that? <laughs> oh, yeah, I, th- I thought I thought we buried that yeah, one. That, that, was, that, that was not that, that was not well loved. Here's another that opportunity. Well. <laughs> Here's another opportunity to piss off a bunch of people with the animal selection. <laughs> and go like the uh, Napoleon Dynamite like Liger or something. <laughs> Um, I was th- I was thinking like one of those birds with like the crazy poof hair. I mean, it just makes sense. He's he's got that 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 thing going on up top. You know, he's peacocking on the field all the time. Just that that's where I was thinking. Um, you know, I'm not, I don't know. That's that's a good question. Uh, maybe like a I don't know. I feel like a rhin- rhinoceros for some reason just jumps out to me. You know, uh, strong moves forward. Uh, you know, get. get when he gets moving, he, he's gotten a lot of bit of, uh, you know, kind of, it's hard for people to kind of take him down, you know, likes to kind of go full steam ahead, and you know, I, I'm going to go with the rhino. All right. Hmm. Okay. I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to go with the frog, uh, not not because of size, just wow. because of leaping real ability. typical, real typical. Le- leaping ability. Because he's French, and, huh? Because he's French. French. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Real inspiring. There I go. Real inspiring. There I go. <laughs> Well, back to football. Clearly, uh, no one should ever ask us to do these type of games ever again. Please. Yeah, have, please. Have, have, don't have the ask. answers scared you off yet? Because because if not, we have worse answers next time. Well, I like that. I mean, you know, Mike just jumped in on Skype. He's saying hyena. I could, you know, I could see that the poaching side of it, you know, just looking for scraps ah, in the box. See, see, that's why he's creative. Yeah. Man. Like, that's a because deal. he laughed his way. Nope, nope, I'm from, stopping it. Uh, from the Emirates no, no, all no. the way <laughs> to Stanford right. Bridge. <laughs> Reed, Reed on Instagram saying it is obvious <laughs> to him that Hazard and Conte have no relationship anymore. It's also obvious to him that the false nine has destroyed any form Hazard had. What can be done to bring Hazard back into the fold? Does Conte need to go before the end of the season? Is Hazard off to Madrid if Conte stays until then? Are both of them gone by August? Nick, I, I'm just going to go ahead and uh press mute and uh, i'll be back in 10 all right yeah how much time do we have here uh reed what's up man uh i think the the first answer is is pretty obvious like there's no even handshake when Hazard comes off anymore that's kind of a bummer to see um what can be done to bring him back into form well you play olivier Giroud and let him do his thing and and hopefully get more comfortable that way uh, because he has someone who's willing to interchange with uh, Conte, uh, you know, I think we've said this on the pod before, does not need to go be before the end of the season unless, you know, we, we keep losing ground. I think the Tottenham match is going to be big for him. I also kind of think the club don't want to do his payout. So uh, we'll see what happens there. Um, and then I, I think there is a strong possibility that neither Hazard or Conte is at, at the club um, this summer. So... That's the unfortunate side of things, Dan, but I, I just don't know if, if there's any desire um, on Hazard's part to be here. Yeah, I, you know, obviously the uh, last relationship that Antonio Conte ended uh, just came through text and a, probably a WhatsApp communique. And uh, I would love to be uh, invited into uh, that message thread right now to <laughs> see the last time there was a red receipt on <laughs> the communication back and forth between the two of them. Um, yeah, you know, it, it's unfortunate. I, I think, you know, if one's got to go, um, I'm probably wanting to keep Eden Hazard as long as he's, he's staying for another three, four or five years. Because, um, you know, we, we tend to rotate through managers. That's just... 
who we are as a club, and that is not currently changing. So uh, if you give me one and I got to pick, um, I would like En Hazard to, uh, you know, be reassured that uh, they will find a, a manager, unlike Mourinho, who will ask him to track back, and unlike Antonio Conte, who will ask him to play uh, the nine up top and uh, force him centrally when he prefers to kind of float in from the side. So, Well, then Jason Wyatt jumping on saying, um, you know, it, Conte, should we should we read into Conte walking straight down the tunnel at full time and not applauding the fans like he usually does? I mean, this just kind of goes, goes back to the whole like atmosphere discussion that we've had multiple times this season. Um, you know, Conte isn't as animated this season. You know, I said I get it. You know, it's easy to be animated and excited when you're on a you know a twelve match win streak. It's a little more difficult to be that animated when you know things aren't going to plan and and you're struggling a lot more. But I I don't know. I mean, him there there could be a million different reasons why he did that. I think that he has a good track record of applauding the fans, Jason. So to me, it, it if it happens multiple times the rest of the season, then I think we can. But to me, the sample size is just too small. It won. I don't know. Nick, do, do you think, what do you think about that? Uh, if I had to guess, I think that he was really frustrated with the last 20 minutes of the match uh, and just wanted to go and, and prep for Barcelona. I don't know if there's anything in that. Um, there, there seemed to be a pretty decent atmosphere before the match. So uh, I'm not looking too much into this. I think more than what we already have with his demeanor all season. All right. Um, last one we have is one for the future. Um, so M Russell 16 on Instagram saying, do you think that Zaha would be a good fit in our system? Um, then he just goes on to say, obviously it'd be a waste of talent if he stayed at Palace, if they get relegated. I think it's safe to say, Dan, that Zaha will not stay at Palace if they get relegated. Uh, he will definitely be sold for profit as they try to balance their books because he's probably on decent wages. Um, probably on decent wages and... He's English, which, um, you know, um, I mean, would fit with uh, Brexit FC um, mentality. So that, that would potentially work very well for us. Good um, record of injuries as he's coming off one. Great record of injuries <laughs> right now. You know, really, it just seems like the perfect signing. Uh, get him on the cheap. Um, you know, go, go to the pound store and uh, get a discount price. Um, yeah, I mean, he, he does seem to play a little bit more on the left, which, you know, is Hazard's place. And, you know, he does play a little on the right or, you know, kind of can play more centrally. So I don't know if he necessarily uh, fits perfectly. But I would imagine Chelsea would sniff around, but I could also see other clubs kind of coming in and willing to offer more for him. So I, I would not get super excited about uh, Zaha joining the Blues this summer. I literally have a million other things that I'm worried about right now other than summer signings at this point. But uh, I appreciate I appreciate you keeping the scouting network up and running. We, you know, we're always going to need that. But anyways, thank you guys for your questions. Again, you can now submit your own voice audio questions. Head to our website, LondonIsBluePodcast.com forward slash questions for that. But it's time to wrap this one up. So uh, real quick, Nick. For all of our friends who maybe have already forgotten our code at World Soccer Shop, um, what is it and what does it get them? Uh, it is uh, London Pod, all one word, 10% off of your order, uh, regardless of, of what you get. So you could use this thing for some free customization uh, if you're looking to get that Assist Piloqueta kit. Uh, Dan, you could also uh, just uh, you know buy a bulk of things and, and get 10% off. What, what are you using it for? 
Uh, you know, I, I would potentially use it for uh, for some new boots. You know, that might be a, a good thing to do too, because it's not just on Chelsea gear. You know, if you got some general stuff you need to buy for when uh, you and your friends go out to the pitch, you, know, you can uh, pick those up from WorldSoccerShop.com as well. Awesome. Well, in case you haven't heard, uh, Chelsea are playing Barcelona in the Champions League second leg at the Camp Nou, and it'll be this coming Wednesday, March 14th. I mean, honestly, guys, I just think we should take the afternoon off. I mean, no hiding this one, like get to the pub, do it the right way, be able to yell and scream when we take the result at the very end in advance. I mean, right? That That's how it's playing out? <laughs> uh, yes, it is. This is going to be just uh, interesting to watch. There will be a lot of tactical nuance to this. I think Antonio Conte realizes this could be uh, the end for him uh, if if things don't go well. And not saying he'll be sacked immediately after, but you know it's kind of the end of the ambition for this year. Um, so I, I think the team will be up for it, and let's just see what happens. All right, Dan. Well, obviously, um, you know we've got a, a, a I would say compared to most teams a, a good record against Barcelona. Um, you know the questions are always is it going to be Giroud or Morata? I think we've given our uh, you know, you know, our ideas and opinions on that. But, you know, as far as it goes, this is the big one. Um, you know, as far as a season determining factor to me, it's if we, this will determine if this season will be deemed a success or not to me. Yeah. Um, I, I think, you know, you, you should go into this one, not expecting uh, a win. And uh, that way you were hopefully uh, presently surprised if something else happens. Uh, matter of fact, but I think, you know, Giroud up front, uh, I think William and, and Hazard, I think you have to play with the, the players who are in form, who are going to give you the best opportunity to win. And obviously, you know, there's um, an FA Cup match that comes up after this, um, which you know, we got to kind of consider there from a little bit of a rotation standpoint. But no, you don't. I mean, no, you don't. No, you don't. Just, I said just a little bit. I'm not. I'm not no. saying like you're not gonna like you know you're gonna put Pedro in for the first like 30 minutes. Um, <laughs> it's it's Leicester City, man. Like we beat them. I'm not worried about it. No. Every all well, all of the eggs are in this basket, proverbially. Well, I mean, I don't think we're gonna 2012 it. Just just to you know put it out there. Like I don't think we're gonna go on this magical run to win the Champions League, but. Uh, I would be more than happy to be surprised um, in that run. All right. Well, let us know what you guys think. I mean, obviously, the lineup is going to be the biggest point of contention, I think, for most Chelsea fans. But, um, yeah, huge one coming up. So, with that being said, any – any um, no, let's just go to final thoughts. I think we're just going to wrap it up, gentlemen. Um, I would like to start, as I never do, with uh, a shout-out to Petr Cech, who just got his 200th Premier League clean sheet first goalkeeper to do that a massive record 162 of those were at Chelsea so Arsenal piss off you haven't done really anything to help him or his career at all uh check Chelsea legend love it Nick what about you man <laughs> yeah <laughs> goalkeepers union nice forever um, we we love we love Petr Cech obviously uh my my thing is going to be um the mentality of the team going into Barcelona. Um, it, it will be the hardest thing they do all year if they can get a result out of this. Uh, and it will also be the most worth it thing that they've done all year if they can get a result out of this game. So 
I am hoping they show the same level of resilience, of mental uh, acuity, um, that they're able to stand the test of a, a cauldron of Barcelona fans, and that, you know, essentially that we have enough quality to get a 1-0 or a 2-2 or draw to, to squeak out of this deal, and then, you know, see what happens after that. But that's my, that's my final thought. Awesome. Dan, over to you. Yeah, you know, uh, from a larger uh, footballing world perspective, you know, if you haven't paid attention uh, to what's going on in Italy, uh, the Fiorentina captain, uh, Davide Astori, passed away at 31, which is uh, pretty, pretty terrible. And the way that the uh, club and their fans uh, honored his memory and his passing today, uh, just just a beautiful uh, gesture, uh, the way the whole entire stadium uh, kind of put that together the entire uh, 13th minute was taken off of the match uh, if you can find some video of it online uh, I'm sure it's on uh, ESPN and other large websites at this point but just uh, you know amazing to kind of see you know, how obviously this uh, sport brings people together just as much as it uh, divides people apart between Murata and Drew fans so uh, excellent uh, excellent effort by the club there I, w- I will say I think the Italian league and specifically Fiorentina have done such an incredible job of honoring his legacy. Uh, and, and I think England can learn something from this. Uh, and I hope they do. All right. Well, I think that's going to go ahead and wrap it up. Anyways, Chelsea fans, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we will be back Wednesday after the Barcelona match. So look forward to that. But until next time, Chelsea fans, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag flying high. If you don't want the conversation to stop, make sure to follow the London is Blue podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you want to support the pod, you can leave a five-star review in iTunes or donate on Patreon.com. The London is Blue podcast, presented by WorldSoccerShop.com.